This is Eden on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. Welcome back to my show, Garden of Eden. It's Garden of Eden and I'm your host. I talk about what I like most. Garden of Eden. <laughs> wow, it's not a Saturday at 10 a.m., which means that this is a bonus episode. My first bonus episode of the year, uh, which I'm really excited about. I kind of want to do these more often for when I have a topic or an interest or a thought kind of bouncing around in my head that isn't substantial enough to fill an entire episode, but still something that I think would make for good content. Uh, That's what I'm going to be exploring today with dopamine. I gave a presentation about dopamine in my AP psychology class this past week. And so I have a ton of information about it and also find that information really, really fascinating. And it would be a waste not to share it. So first off, what even is dopamine? So dopamine is a neurotransmitter in the brain. And a neurotransmitter is a chemical released by your nerve cells that acts as a chemical messenger between neurons in the brain. So you can think of neurons as one location and the brain as the other location and a neurotransmitter is like the taxi cab. So it plays several roles in the brain and body. It's associated with a few that are very like iconic and and well-known, but it controls various physiological functions through its receptors which are responsible for lots of things, but play vital roles in certain behaviors like movement, cognition, pleasure, and motivation. I'm just gonna talk briefly about where it's located in the brain. Dopamine neurons are located in the midbrain and there are about a million in humans. They extend their axons several millimeters into several brain regions. And there are four main dopamine pathways, which have different jobs. So first is the nigrostriatal pathway, which controls movement and motor control. And then there's the mesocortical limbic pathway, which controls mood, pleasure, and reward. Then third is the mesocortical pathway, which controls cognition, working memory, and decision-making. And then there's the tuberoid fundibular pathway, which controls metabolism, sexual satisfaction, and the immune system. And there's a bunch more pathways, but those, those four have kind of like the biggest influence on things. And issues or imbalances in dopamine can lead to a range of issues. And some of these I was actually surprised by. All the issues are are results of imbalances or abnormalities in specific brain regions. Like, for example, Parkinson's disease is affiliated with, like, the nigrostriatal pathway, which is movement and motor control. Other issues that dopamine is affiliated with are schizophrenia, ADHD, depression, and addiction. And I thought it was interesting to find that ADHD is one of them because I have ADHD and I didn't didn't even know that. (laughs) So I guess it's possible that I have the dopamine abnormality or imbalance. Anyway, I want to transition into talking about dopamine and reward. Uh, The two are are super connected in some very, very interesting ways. Because when, when a reward presents itself, dopamine is produced, communicating with nerve cells, and giving us a feeling we like. And if this reward that's presented is unexpected, a lot of dopamine is produced. And I like using the example of a slot machine because... If you go up to a slot machine and, and pull the lever, you wait and you, you don't know if you're going to win. And if you do win, it's super exciting and a lot of dopamine is produced. 
But if you went in to pull pull the lever on the slot machine and you knew that you were gonna win, having the expectation of a reward, it wouldn't be as exciting and much less dopamine would be produced. So people wouldn't enjoy it as much. And this is kind of the case with like other forms of gambling. Dopamine being affiliated with reward kind of begs the question, like why does reward exist? Why is it necessary? I thought it was interesting to find out that reward is actually about survival. So reward circuits in the brain are actually critical for the survival of our species. Um, And they not only have to exist, but they have to be super powerful. And this is why drinking, eating, and engaging in sexual activities all release dopamine. Because if there was no like drive for us to do those things, then we, we wouldn't survive. And additionally, dopamine neurons provide information about past and future rewards that is helpful for learning and decision-making because reward leads to repetition and therefore learning of a task. So dopamine is also affiliated with learning. And I was super fascinated to find out that there are heavy ties between dopamine and drug addiction. And this is because some drugs can activate dopamine reward systems by accident. And I'm just gonna talk a little bit more about that. So because drugs activate some of our most powerful reward systems, they very powerfully drive us to re-experience what feels good. So some drugs inhibit dopamine transmitters and cause them to become overstimulated. Examples of these drugs are cocaine, psychostimulants, opioids, ethanol, cannabinoids, nicotine, and caffeine. So I don't, I'm going to try to explain this as well as I can. So when these drugs lead to the overproduction of dopamine, it makes you feel really good. But the overproduction in turn leads to dopamine deficiencies later on. So your, your high when you take the drug is super, super high. But then when you're not on the drug anymore you actually feel lower than you felt to begin with, which is how the cycle of addiction begins because you want to keep re-experiencing what you did and you also feel worse when you don't take the drug. So I wanna take a closer look at cocaine because it's most heavily tied to dopamine and all of the drugs I named are tied to dopamine but to different degrees. The sensation of taking cocaine stimulates the release of dopamine so the physical feeling that you get is coming from dopamine, not the drug itself. I think that that's super interesting. And if you listen to my social media series, dopamine is actually released when we use social media too, which is why it can be addictive. Like think about, oh gosh, I like this analogy. Think about your phone as like a mini slot machine in your hand. Like if you pull out your phone, go onto Instagram and then, and then pull down on on your feed and wait for it to refresh, you're basically like waiting to see new posts. And then if you do, dopamine is released. And also if you pick up your phone and look to see if there's a a notification, there's like a brief period of time before you see the screen, before you know whether or not you're gonna have a text or a notification from some other app. And it it leads to the, the production of dopamine. And some of the techniques social media apps use like irregularly timed rewards, aka notifications, um, take after techniques used by the makers of slot machines. Some other examples of things in your life that produce dopamine are junk food, chocolate, candy, video games, and just videos in general, though there are lots of other examples. Well, overall, um, I think dopamine is pretty cool. Um, You can thank it for some of your best feelings and worst habits. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode um, of Garden of Eden. 
I hope you enjoyed it. I liked making this even though it was pretty brief and I think I'll be doing a lot more of these in the future. But for now, this has been Eden on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge bringing you a bonus episode of my show, Garden of Eden. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you.